Welcome to Sports Arena and Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme from episode one all the way to 401 from Eastern to Extreme and every pay-per-view in between. You got myself, Paul, and I'm joined by Jay. Yes. <sighs> so where are we? Between 401 and 401, what what um, we are at 230. It's not bad. It's not bad. Is, it's not bad at all, which is, I think, around the 20th of September, 1997, around there. It's, it's a good time, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's um, it, it's a slight bit of um, sort of pay-per-view hangover here, but we, we, we're getting there. Really? Because I'm told it's as good as it gets. <laughs> In that case, tap out, my friend, tap out. <laughs> Do you know uh, the funny thing about us talking about episode 230? No. Coincidentally, that's the same number of times that Terry Funk has retired from wrestling. That's <laughs> quizzes. And also, another interesting number about 230, that's how many holes Bulls Mahoney has in his jeans. In... <laughs> <laughs> in quotation jeans it is jean i don't even know if it can be too plural i think it is just jean at this point i know it's like uh people question the the Xanta claw look and he was just like it's all right i've got i've got a new idea i'm fine but he's got the biggest holes of them all and he has got a Awfully brutal chair shot that has not aged well. Oh, dear. Fuck me, but we will get there. Um, like I said, we're episode 230, September 1997. It kicks off with a promo by Shane Douglas and the franchise. Um, extremely fast promo, but I'm okay with the show starting with the world champion. Yeah. So that, that's just, why I'm over that. Him just telling us he's great. You know, he's got the gold, he's got the woman. Yeah, he's, he's basically like, I've got the belt, this belt gives me the girl, and that makes me the franchise. Boom. We then cut to Terry Funk's um, celebration from WrestleFest. WrestleFest 50 Years of Funk, it was. It's 50 Years of Funk to celebrate the Funkin' family. It and was, in his hometown of Am- Amarillo. Amarillo. And I'll buy the double cross He's given a belt, which we'll probably never talk about either. Well, so, um, for various reasons, I wanted to kind of have a look at this uh, because this is a celebration because after everything he's done for ECW, Terry Funk is retiring. So he is presented at this, at this event, 50 Years of Funk, that's to honour his father, Dory, and his brother, Dory Jr., and his careers. Um, uh, they put on this show. He lost to Bret Hart in the main event. I was going to say if this one, this was actually, I'm sure, when ECW were releasing VHSs, I think this was released. It may have been. It and may I, have been. And I think in um, Hidden Gems on the network, they've got Funk versus Bret Hart from this. Which I, I, I feel bad that I spoiled the, the finish for all of our listeners who are going to go back and, and watch now. Or did you? Or Swerve were they? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, he lost uh, that. Um, and uh, before the match, uh, Heyman presented Funk with the belt. Yeah. Um, and it was a belt that was funded through the collection, a collection taken up by ECW wrestlers. So they had all chipped in to buy him this belt and declare him the lifetime ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I got to say, I watched all of this with um, a little bit of a cringy kind of face because um, he signs for WWE in about a month. Yeah, three months. <laughs> I was going to say, no. Not long before he's um, on Raw with Cactus Jack, is it? December. That's wild. And I do feel a little bad because, you know, they go, ECW go out of their way to make him 
feel like, you know, this is an end of an era and a big deal and, you know, thank you and, you know, here's a belt and you are our lifetime world heavyweight champion. So you can retire being the champ, which was the plan when you lost the belt, but not when you had the belt. Um, yeah, in three months. I mean, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's cute, it's done, but again, this, this could have been him at the pay-per-view. It could have been... I don't know. I suppose it's like different shows and lifetime difference, but you look at sort of the flair celebration compared to this. I'm not saying they have to they have to go all out and obviously in hindsight him coming back three months later, it's good they didn't. But they they could have like shown it at the end of the show instead of a filler match or something. Yeah. If if it was that um, big a deal, they could have shown it some more than just wraps it up in three minutes yeah it was a weird um I, I thought it was quite weird to have it in there um but they obviously kind of felt the need to put a lot of um uh, a lot of hype into him yeah which i understand retired. because you know funk he also retired on the house of hardcore on september the 17th 2016 so think, 19 years later. <laughs> I think that one was real, though. Well, he's only had one match since, so. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I think that one um, that one might be... Well, is he, what, is he had a match since then? Yeah, so he retired on September 17th, 2016, and then on the 22nd of September 2017, he, for big-time wrestling, uh, teamed with the Rock and Roll Express in a six-man tag, uh, against Doug Gilbert, Jerry Lawler, and Brian Christopher. Uh, why did he just not walk around with a T-shirt saying, I'm retired, and that's his gimmick? That he's just retired, but he's not actually... <laughs> yeah, every time someone challenged him to a match, or he pins him, he'd be like, I'm retired, damn it. Until I'm not. <laughs> I'm retired, damn it. That's, I can't do it. It's like Paul Bearer, like bad Paul Bearer. <laughs> there right. is no such thing as bad Paul Bearer. It, it, like, you know, does that sound like Paul Bearer and hope that someone goes, oh, yeah, just make you feel better, even though it's not? Cause it's definitely oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> um, in my favourite part of every week so far, Joe Gertner turns up and introduces the Dudleys. <laughs> and <laughs> in between, his, you know, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? It's just amazing. So, obviously, I don't know why he sort of disappeared but I was a big fan again so obviously he's introducing everyone as he does and randomly he goes your ref today is a dirty old man who made a pass at me backstage (laughs) it just yeah it feels like he's just kind of working and um, throws up something random every day to try and catch him out and he does, but I thought that was, um, yeah, I was a big fan of that hilarious. Anyway, obviously, on to introduce everyone else as we got Big Dick Dudley versus Cronus because Cronus knows how to, how to handle Big Dick and he does know how to handle Big Dick. It was an extremely weird match, and Cronus won in seconds. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was um, worth all the hype. It was an absolute job match. Yeah, it was very weird to put um, Big Dick in this thing. I thought New Jack could have come out maybe earlier and smacked Dick before the... the um... Yeah, no. Yeah, it, it doesn't make it easy, does it? If anyone sort of um, takes snippets of this show, sound good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so New Jack could have come out and attacked the Dudley boys earlier and, yeah, could have caused it, but it happened. I knew where they wanted to get. We knew where they wanted to get. It was predictable. You know, it's kind of been going this way. So Cronus picked up the victory. The Dudley boys then attacked Cronus. Crowd all chanted New Jack. And no surprise, New Jack came out. And um, yeah, they cleaned house and celebrated. And was this, this was the point where they, where Joe Styles declared them a team, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. I mean, was it this or next week where basically he sort of said about the others aren't here and it's all documented, like, what's going on and all this? Um, 
he basically made a comment and he said, um, Cronus's partner isn't here and it, it's pretty well documented why he's not. Yeah. And I didn't know if that was he's in WCW or he's injured. I think at this point it's still the injury. No, yeah, because it, it both sort of works, but you just never know because, you know, like we said before, they throw out these random digs which sort of mean a lot but mean nothing all the same. I can't remember when he debuted because he sat in the crowd for ages injured, didn't he? Because he was just part of the flock who just all sat there doing nothing for ages. So he would have gone there with the injury, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, August 28th, 1997, Saturn was offered a job by WCW road agent Terry Taylor. So, literally a week ago. Debuted in WCW September the 20th, September the 8th. So, yeah, a week ago, he would have debuted then. And the reason why... So, I, I felt that there was kind of a different thing, but the reason why I, I, I wondered... Um, is because when they were digging, when they were bigging up this new team, you've got the most violent part of the gangsters. Yeah. And then you've got the best part of the best tag team in the world. Yeah. And it felt like a really weird jab. You know, it's not like, you know, one of the best tag team wrestlers in the world or, you know, part of the best tag team wrestlers in the world. It was the best part of, and, and he doubled down on it. He said it again afterwards. He said it whilst doing the match. And then he said it again afterwards, um, just to kind of get it across again. And it just was a very weird, weird thing. Yeah, massively. And I said, we've stated loads of times, Cronus, um, should have been bigger than what he was. He really should have. Obviously, he had his own personal problems, but well, this, this guy just—he he makes everything look so effortless. Yeah, I mean, I don't—I don't quite know where it went badly for the guy, but um, you know, I, I know that the the um, the so the story is that Perry Saturn. Uh, got very frustrated with the idea of reforming the Eliminators because of Cronus's lack of motivation and dedication. But, um, yeah, outside of that, I don't quite know how it fell apart quite as badly as it did. So quickly in a way, I guess. I mean, I guess you don't know behind the scenes, but it just kind of felt like the injury made Saturn sort of sit back and take notice of a lot of stuff. And, um, yeah. That's it, Saturn's gone. Saturn, another one, gone. And it's, it's starting to notice it's getting a bit thinner now. Yeah. From almost like rotating Ravens week this week, Shane Douglas week this week, it's now like, okay, we, we have like about six people. Because they've got like um, stars, but they haven't got any real... Names, yeah. Yeah, big, big match kind of stars. You know, things like the FBI and all that are great, but you can't suddenly throw the FBI out there against the Sandman. It's not gonna, it's not gonna Although, work, really. I think they maybe should just just so Sandman can do something. Yeah, another one in a very weird um, situation. Um, yeah. But speaking of stars and excitement, next we have the debut of a future ECW legend. Teased it last week. He did. Jerry Lynn has arrived in the land of extreme. So I didn't look ahead. I didn't check ahead. I I I, I waited, and uh, I was surprised when it was when I saw Jerry Lynn, partly because I didn't realise how early he joins ECW. Agreed. I, I, you know, I don't I, know when I thought he turned up. I thought it was later. I thought it was, you know, and, and I, I don't know how much later it would have been, but I, I would have, I thought he came in for the RVD feud, basically. I thought that was him kind of introducing himself to ECW, um, which is why he was, you know, the, the, the new fucking show and stuff like that, because I thought he was new. Um so to find out that he'd been there for a year, 18 months, two years before they get to that point, 
really kind of confused me. It confused me that he came in looking like this because I didn't realise just obviously uh, time scale. I was pretty much like what, what you were thinking, but I didn't realise that he came in with a completely different. He didn't have the goatee. He didn't have the sort of the longer hair. Yeah, you can see he's growing the hair out, but it's not there. He, he wasn't in the yellow and purple sort of trousers. No. So, I mean, it was all just a bit like, oh, wow, Jerry Lynn's here. Dynamic, Jerry Lynn. Dynamic, and he was indeed. Um, he had a good match with Candido. Yeah, I mean, as we've, as we've come to find, that's standard with Candido. Candido continues to be excellent. Yeah, week in, week out, he's doing amazing stuff. But um, And I loved the, the, the fact that Bam Bam and Francine were with him. I loved the fact that they were still the triple threat. You know, they, they did like the triple threat handshake and signs and Bam Bam was, was pretty was good. Francine was out other signs, weren't yeah. she? And Candido did a big move. Francine would throw up the, um, the triple threat sign. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's good. It's good that it kept them all together. But... Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Again, it's weird again because taken away from the fact it was Jerry Lynn and what a great run he went on to have, it still sort of falls in the category of slightly weird debut, putting him up against a decent name, getting a lot in. I mean, this this could be Heyman. You know, we're starting to see Heyman like build everyone philosophy here. Yeah. And, you know, some of them obviously work. Like, it was worth it with Jerry Lynn because it paid off. Others don't work so much. We'll see Taz sort of struggling with people. I mean, sort of struggling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we never see him again. So, this is obviously his... He knew he was getting rage at this point and he was trying to sort of build up the stars as fast as he could. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think I think we've seen, and, and it's funny because with tag teams, we've kind of remarked how incredibly well he does on this in regards to, you know, he heats up the next, te- you know, so the Dudleys feel like the hottest thing in the world right now, just after the Eliminators felt like the hottest thing in the world right now, just yeah. after, you know, Gangsters but- never really kind of hit that level I thought they were going to. But, you know, all the way back from Public Enemy, they've managed to transfer that heat and keep them pretty yeah. high on the card. You know, that, that tag team title has always always been pretty high in the card. The, the, the public enemy got it there. Um, and with the, 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 with the singles, it feels a little messier. I think part of that's because they've got this kind of homogenised chunk in the middle where you've got some of your hottest people all kind of locked into the same kind of sort of feud that they've got going on? Yeah, I mean, I think with the um, tag team division that I find strange is um, you've got the Dudleys, like you said, the hottest tag team, like one of the hottest tag teams, or the hottest tag team they've got, but a hot tag team. But the division seems so stretched. I mean, who... Obviously, I've got the gangsternators now, but really, like, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean... Um, I'm having this strong tag team based around, this strong division based around almost, like, three teams and occasional other people turn up. They do look like... But then again, that's because you've got teams that aren't being in the tag team thing. So, you know, you've got all balls and axle that are bouncing around, and that's fine. Um, mm. uh, and, you know... The Dudleys really haven't got anyone else hugely to work with. I suppose RVD, Sabu, but they're just not giving them. And I think so. RVD and Sabu are broken off and doing something else. Yeah, you have triple threat and, and Sandman, who are linked to RVD and Sabu. The triple threat, who you've kind of few, teased that, but then have kept them separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're having to find people for them to go up against, which means they're not going up against the Dudleys because they need to be fed to. Then the pitbulls are still around somewhere. I still can't believe we didn't get um, Eliminators triple threat of that amazing um, Saturn promo that time. It just led to nothingness. Yeah, that was um, frustrating. Um, yeah, so the match was good. Candido picks up the win. 
they march on. We then got a very, very shouty, whistly promo from RVD, Bill Alfonso and Sabu. Yeah. I normally sort of love them. This one just felt a bit, a bit like noise. There's a very motivated um, Bill Alfonso in this one. Yeah. On, on the hatred of, um, uh, of Sandman. Yeah. Based on, Mm, not really anything. It's just like, I mean, everything was directed towards Tommy Dreamer and now obviously Sandman that queue up a feud between him and Sabu. So I think they're trying to bring Sandman back into the mix, but he was kind of separated out a bit. I mean, he hasn't really, he's tried to get involved, but he's been beaten every time. So it's hard to um, see it, but it's going to be, a dream match when those two do meet up, so that'd be exciting. Got highlights of the great Sasuke coming in. Yep, he's coming in for a three night, whatever. Yeah, which will be good. Hopefully, we get to see some of them. Um, quick Taz promo for the Tommy Dreamer match, basically saying, "I'm going to choke you out." Yep. Simple as that. We then get Taz versus Tommy Dreamer. The match itself isn't. Awful. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the best opponent to kind of highlight Taz, but um, no. So I mean, the story they're trying to tell is you know Tommy Dreamer inside the ring can't touch Taz. However, outside the ring, when you're into Tommy's more kind of brawling, hit you with everything kind of thing, then he's that that's the equalizer, and that's where he can probably beat him. So it's it's again those those two styles crashing into each other that they're trying to tell the story of. Um, and it doesn't really kind of get to that level. No. And it's sort of a nothingness story because isn't that like anyone? Like, you know, in a Matt wrestling match, you might struggle with Taz, but outside the ring where you can use loads of weapons against him, there's a chance you might, you know, have a better chance of beating him. When you're allowed to use a shotgun, it's more likely that you can use... Yeah, it is. It's... um... (laughs) So it's kind of a bit like, okay, but I, I get where they're coming from. A uh, couple of Tazplexes through tables and everything you'd expect. It ends up with them getting attacked by the gang. So RVD, Sabo, yep. and all the crew and that come out again. And, um, yeah. And so Salmon runs out to make the save and gets just kicked. And that's the end of it. Um, goes down, surfboard, he's going to get the chair to the face, but Taz jumps up and chokes him out. Um, and then next week, because this is all as good as it gets, no, next week's all as good as it gets, isn't it? Um, so it coming up in next week's episode, so not the one we're about to cover, but next week's Extreme Rewind. Yeah. Um, uh, time's difficult. Um, we have the famous mixed tag, which is where um, Fozzie, uh, Fonzie saves his job. Yeah, which is um, that's a big talking point. And I don't know how much they show on it or whether we can actually find raw footage of it because it's, it's a bloodbath, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, bearing in mind how much they show Cronus just absolutely gushing, maybe we won't yeah. need to. Maybe Bloodcore TV will cover it. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to um, to that, I think um, Jerry Styles says it's the best mixed tag match of all time. I think he might be right, but all I can think is um, Bam Bam and Luna versus Doink and Dink. I don't really know. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, that's challenge, I guess. It's, it's kind of the um, it's the whole of the mixed match challenge now, I guess, but I wasn't around at the time, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. That's all ended, and it takes us to episode 231, late September 1997. We kicked the show off with Bam Bam Bigelow versus Spike Dudley. I was shocked that these two are still fighting. I thought this was a match. I didn't realise it was a feud. Uh, And the same match. Um, Yeah, just the same high spots, the same. And again, I can understand why you'd do this on a loop. Because if you were going to different arenas or different places and you're doing this match and you've got the spots of Spike Dudley being thrown 
gorilla press slammed into the crowd from the ring and getting surfed back and all that. If you've got that, uh, I can see why as a live experience, you'd want to repeat that night after night after night. Maybe not Spike, but you'd want to repeat that night after night after night. As a TV thing, it's again that diminishing return thing of, you know, I've seen that that gif of um, Spike being thrown a million times. I've seen the clips of Spike being thrown a million times. I feel like over the last three weeks, I've seen the match of Spike being thrown a million times. I mean, this is it. Um, see, my problem is this turns into the face or heel discussion that we've had multiple times. I mean, the, the act is out and out like heel, but because of the crowd interaction... And the way Bam Bam's pointing to the side and getting people to cheer and all this is very faceish. So I, I guess that's a weird question that we haven't got into. And, and I guess at this point in 1997, it's a fair one to ask. The crowd, face or heel? Oh, it's, it's the beginning of... They're not as bad as like... Forget me shot. Not as bad as like some of the crowds like nowadays where... Um, <laughs> But there are, aren't there? I mean, yeah, no, you, 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 you have the roar after WrestleMania. Ziggler crowd, amazing, amazing. You know, year after, amazing. But then it sort of turned into people went there to be part of the cool crowd, and we are awesome. Yes, it, it, that sort of it kind of filtered into like, what the fuck is going on? That we've watched that turn from the crowd being a vocal part to the crowd being thinking they are the show and um you know we've we've been there while it has progressed to that state um <laughs> i was gonna say i wasn't gonna word it as well but yeah um, um but yeah and it is it's that weird kind of smart crowd too cool crowd now who are there for the blood and the violence and the gore and the sex and the the, the crazy spots and therefore um they are baying for Bam Bam to kill this guy, which isn't a very sympathetic underdog babyface reaction. So as much as they pop when Spike wins, they pop when Spike wins after he's been absolutely mopped by Bam Bam. But this is it, though. It's like, you know, they're launching this guy into the crowd... And they're absolutely loving it and saying, throw him out, this side, this side. But these are the same people that sort of booed when Shane Douglas was trying to break someone's neck. Yep, he's launching someone in the crowd sort of much better because of, you know... Booed when they broke his neck, but have brought weapons to the show for the last last year or whatever in the whole kind of, you know, hitting with my non-gimmicked frying pan that I've brought and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really. Um... But then it goes back to like there was there was a lot of rumours of the Heyman plants, weren't there? There's all this always been the conversation of Heyman as you know is expected to plant people in the crowds to um, cheer certain things and boo certain things. There was I think he was at OVW for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. And there was there was rumours that he had Heyman plants there who would start chants for his guys and booze for the bad guys. And I wouldn't put that past. And I've been to, you know, so I've been, I went and saw uh, the impact tapings and because it was a, uh, a, a theme park crowd, um, yep. they had people who told you who to cheer and who to boo because, you know, they, they needed that consistency for the TV rather than he looks cool. I'm going to cheer for him. Well, no, he's, he's the baddie. We hate him. So yeah, they did have people who, um, would would try and you know get the crowd to 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 do what they needed to do. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that that's what happened. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if he had, you know, in the East Debbie Reed, it's so much smaller. You could have twenty people in there all started chanting New Jack at the same time from different bits. It wouldn't be hard to then suddenly get a New Jack chant going while the Dudleys are being down Cronus, for example. Yeah. yeah. Rather or than just everyone spontaneously started chanting the, the Taz chants that we've seen yeah. across the piece. 
but it is just it's just this weird kind of they're not they're not a fan favorite crowd anymore they they want they they're into the 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 what I love and I hate about 90s wrestling which late late 90s wrestling which is you like who you like so I don't care if you're the bad guy I think you're cool I'm cheering you and it's that kind of which part is the pantomime and which part is real life in the sense of you know the the you're meant to be playing your part and your play is to cheer the goodies and hit and boo the baddies not to kind of go you know i don't care because which, i mean I if they say, all, which is sorry go on. if they all cheered jerry lawler and this again is why jerry lawler and i know we've kind of gone mm, jerry lawler but you know if you had someone else come in they're going to be cheering yeah. for the, the the WWF guy because they think he's cool. Yeah, like Foster. He destroyed. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was going even lower, but yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, could it be like anyone, like the, the you know, like mankind or anyone that had sort of any sort of flash funk, I guess. Shamrock. Anyone? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just just anyone who came in who had a bit of credibility, they would have cheered him over your your sympathetic baby face and there's this thing you know i know that they've got this thing about you know they got people behind tommy after you know the the cane shots and blah 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 he's not your consistent hero though because if they like the the other guy better they'll boo him and again we saw that with terry funk you know terry funk ending up having to work heel in certain areas because i don't care i don't care you're the living legend and i don't care that you've done all of this and i don't care that your mother was a whore all I care about is, is you know, I like Shane Douglas more. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, personally, I feel like this is why they um, stopped Shane Douglas slating the opposition so much. Because when he was doing it before, it wasn't, it was just him just basically saying, fuck everyone. But now it's like an angle. If he came out and started saying, oh, you know, fuck Shawn Michaels, fuck WCW, fuck Ric Flair, and all this. He he wouldn't be a heel anymore. No, because that's very much like the top angle. Yeah. So it'd be extremely dangerous for. So what four was like, you know, I'm shooting. Would suddenly be like, okay, he's pro ECW because you know we're we're rebelling against everything. You know what I mean? So it's a really, so I think that's why his promos have then have now gone more sort of super jock, you know, sort of yeah. the highest. And I think that's why he's gone that route because I think that's steered away from. And he's having to work he, really hard to stay a heel. Yeah. And I think that's why he's doing the whole, I've got the girl, I've got the belt. I'm amazing. Yeah. Because rather than, you know, just come out and shoot wherever the fuck he wanted to because he can't do that at the moment because I think they would lap it up and he would be the biggest baby face in the company. Yeah. Because although Dream was fighting, you know, WWF, he doesn't rip them like Shane Douglas does. So Shane, Shane really Douglas thought... in the promo war of Jerry Lawler. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's on. I don't know if you remember, but we were at a 1PW show once with Raven on. And yep. Raven came out to cut a promo and he was meant to be heel. Yeah. He cut a promo on the crowd, but the crowd, including us, including me definitely, um, were huge fans of Raven and had never seen Raven live. Yeah. So we were so appreciative of him being there and the fact he was there. We were cheering everything he said because Jesus is Raven. And there was one point where he goes, a crowd's so dumb that they don't even realise they're being insulted. Uh, and even that got a cheer. And I remember it because it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's this weird power, it's this weird kind of level we're in. And it is, it's that point of, uh, you know, it's so hard in this ECW to be an out and out heel. And the Dudleys do it very well. And Shane Douglas does it very well. Outside of that. Yeah, I say that the Dudleys do it well in the sense that apart from, you know, they're not getting too personal at the moment, but they sort of go down that route. They they get it by Joel Gertner, who isn't 
the megastar of his group absolutely dragging out this um, intro. Like Steve Carino used to do it in Ring of Honor, but he'd have the famous list intro yeah. to get heat. And basically, it'd be like Steve Carino is the best blah, blah, blah since. And they would have a list and literally compare him to about 120 people. And they just keep saying names and names. His intro would go on forever. And, and Naito would just hate in it. New Japan. Yep. We've, we've, we've again sat through Naito entrances where he comes out and you've got that automatic pop because it's Naito and he's, he's in the UK and you get to see him live and it's amazing. And he comes out and you realise that there's no, you know, breakaway sewing in that suit. He is now going to stand there and remove every single part of that outfit slowly, unbuttoning every single piece and really kind of drawing it out. So you're sitting there kind of, come on. Uh, yeah, brilliantly done. And then that's his stall tactic all the way through as well, um, you know, which which the tranquilo bit. But that's the problem. It's it, you know, it is that kind of how do you how do you stop being the cool heel? Um, because yeah, you need you need two ways to make it play, don't you? Oh, massively. Um, so where are we? At? Yeah, Bam, we're still in segment one. <laughs> Yeah, Bam Bam. Bam Bam, basically. Um, yeah. Heel or face, Bam. <laughs> the crowd heel. The crowd are heels. Uh, we get some fan cam footage of Taz beating up Lance Wright. Wasn't entirely sure why this happened. So this is um, a continuation from the other day where Lance Wright was giving shit to Taz after refusing the um, refusing the, the Hype Central gig and oh, whatever, yeah. whatever his line was he's trying to push, you know, um, uh, love you, baby, don't ever change, but if you do, call collect or something that he was trying to get across. Um, and Taz kind of choked him out to the crowd's pop, and this is him going back and confronting Taz about it. And, yeah. Yeah, he's beating up again. Um, we get another shot of Spike getting thrown into the crowd as the FBI make their way to the ring. Slightly bizarre to show that yep. again. Tracy Smothers and Little Greedo versus Bulls Mahoney and Axel Rotten, the chair swinging freaks. And the music they come out to is a version of Big Balls, which I adore. Yeah, it's good. They're trying. They're, they're getting better. They're having a bit more fun with the music now, it feels. There's still a couple that have got generic crap, but I feel that's because they're trying to be consistent. They've always had it. But um, yeah, this is good. I felt this match was given way too much time. Yes. But I understand that they wanted a match in the middle. Um, the end of the match came where Bulls thought we had the match won because the ref counted three, but it turned out Guigo had his foot underneath the bottom rope. So the match didn't officially start. So, F- uh, so Greedo rolled up Balls Mahoney for the free, and the FBI picked up the win, leading to a really kind of weird but okay segment if they were bringing in an authority figure. But um, yeah, basically the ref, who I think is um, Judge Jeff Jones. I, I, I was going to ask, I thought the same thing. The way he was talking about being, you know, important and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought it was um, Judge Jeff Jones as a ref here. <clears throat> yeah, basically saying Todd Gordon's not around anymore, so the refs sort of are in charge, and they are the most important sort of authority here, which I thought was an interesting take for, like, you know, if anyone sort of did an angle in the future as a way to have sort of the refs as, like, power-hungry sort of ways if there was a way to work that like an interested man I don't know what the payoff would be but that would be I mean but and and possibly but isn't the payoff Bill Alfonso because that's yeah, I suppose. pretty yeah, much I suppose. yeah started to end up building a little stable yeah I guess Um, but yeah so he ends up smacking one of the refs, they then the refs shoot him into balls and balls almost like panics because he came at him so fast and he just swung so fast, so hard, 
so 97. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's one of them where you say thank you for everyone doing this at the time, but no thank you again. I was um, I was speaking to um, Has from the Grief Burrito podcast this week. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to him about like other stuff I was doing. And I was talking to him about Extreme Rewind and I was talking about watching, rewatching this and, and, and going back. And he said, that must be quite hard to watch knowing what we know now about like CTE and stuff. And I, I'm sitting there kind of going, you have no idea because there are so many things that you're, you're just looking at going, why? I mean, at the time it looked like a bad idea. Now, God, why would you? And, you know, why does everyone need to take a legit chair shot? I mean, does anyone think any worse of the referee if he puts his hands up? This is it. And it, like I said, I'm, I'm like sort of caught in this where you don't want to sort of obviously say that's ridiculous because it was all these years ago. They have taken the shot. So you sort of, you know, say thank you for doing it at the time because you don't want it to be for no reason, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, but on the same level, know, it's, it's... I know there's going to be points where I still just am crazy about the matches. Um, the Masato Tanaka ones coming up, for instance, still are, I, I think, are incredible. Yeah. That doesn't mean, you know, that you, you look at these and you kind of do sit there and kind of go, I don't know why it became this badge of honour that no one flinched and no one put their hands up. And if it's about keeping the character strong, then why are you protecting the referee? Yeah. You know, you, the, you, you don't need him to be levelled with a chair shot that would have taken out um, Bubba Ray Dudley. You know, he's a, he's, he's a jumped up little referee who who got put down a weak ass chair shot that he put his hands up for isn't going to make any difference to anything. Yeah, no, I agreed. It's, um, it's weird and it's only going to get worse. We've not introduced fire yet. No, see, the thing is fire and barbed wire, I don't find as bad. It, it's the chair shots and, um, the, the Sandman Kane shots earlier on. He's calmed down a little bit at the moment. But he, he went has. for a phase where Mikey Whipwreck and that was taking ridiculous Kane shots. Yeah, I mean, he was just, he was just flailing. Um, the barbed wire after the, the Born to be Wired match is... Um, Visually, it's horrendous, but it's not as... I, I don't know, because... It, it's weird the barbed wire one because visual it's horrendous, but chairs you kind of know are so much worse. Yeah, like barbed wire is just just mental, but you're just kind of left with like scarring. So just left with scarring, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, out of the two, you'd rather have sort of a scar on your chest compared to like your your brain completely. Yeah, although again, I think that that last match, you know, watching gaping hole of of the bicep and things like that i think that's that's yeah i, I think they just caught themselves in the situation with that one i don't think that was how it was planned at all <laughs> I, I i really don't I, I i still i'd be interested to find out if sabu was actually even meant to win the title because yeah i don't think it was it, it was very much like it just felt like things escalated they got them to a stage where they could not fucking move and they did not know what to do. So it was just like, look, please just let me win the belt and get me the hell out of here. Yeah. I'm a big enough star. It's believable. Let's get on with our lives. It just felt a bit like that. Um, the, the, the highlights of what's coming up in the next two weeks, they've rec recorded one of the best shows ever and we're going to get highlights of the matches over the next two weeks. Uh, very strange to do, to openly admit that you're sort of taped a month in advance. But all the same, hopefully we get some good matches. Yeah, it's almost this weird, we've cancelled the view, the, the, the tapings we had, because it turns out this was also very good. Yeah. Uh, again, though, this is 
something they could have done the show after the pay-per-view when you might have had a little more traction than normal. Yeah. You know, because if, yeah. if the WWE crowd had heard that Jerry Lawler was on this pay-per-view and did watch to see his match because they hadn't seen a Jerry Lawler match in a while and um, had heard Jake the Snake was there. So you think, all right, what's on this week? And you suddenly see highlights of these sort of crazy matches coming the next couple of weeks. You think, oh, wow, I might come back in the next couple of weeks. So I think it's a fair idea for what they're doing. Just the timing's weird because they, they, they could have, you know, I just feel the same people are going to come back and watch it. Yeah. Again, similar to the impact. When impact were on Spike, they'd be like just over a million views no matter what they did. They go to Monday, they're just over a million views. They go to Thursday, like yeah. just over a million views. It's the same people are loyal to the cause and just follow you wherever you sort of go. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, main event time, Dudley Boys versus Cronus and New Jack. Um, your ref is the biggest Cowboys fan in the building. Not as great as That one felt quite weak. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a little joke. A little bit cheap, wasn't it? Yeah, it felt like a little so, joke. I mean, he's, wearing a, he's wearing a Dallas Cowboys uh, shirt to get heel heat himself. Um, so, yeah, it just feels a little weak. It just feels a little bit cheap heat on that one. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Just a look. And then the match is brutal. Yeah, the match is brutal. I can the gangster Nators. <laughs> the Gangster Nators have arrived. Nators. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they've done it and it makes sense, but um, they just don't work as a tag team. No, and, and, Spoilers for the end of the match. I don't understand why they're the tag team champs. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, apart from the shock factor. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of booked yourself into a point because after the whole kind of, you know, and if you can beat Big Dick, then you and a partner of your choosing can come and have a go. You, you know, you, it's kind of telegraphed that they have to lose. But it feels too soon. It feels... Um, you know, it's this weird kind of they only got the belt because the gangsters relinquished it. They only seem to have relinquished it because Mustafa quit. So it's just this weird kind of we weren't meant to have the Dudleys as champion now, so we need to correct this so the Dudleys aren't champion, even if that means it goes on to a tag team who are not ready or anywhere near doing it. And I just don't understand why you put those two together as a tag team. I, I Again, you know, just as we were talking about, you know, and I know that you've got issues with, with the tag division, but you've still got, you know, bad company knocking around, not bad company, bad crew knocking around. Um, bad company, you've got um, Pat Tanaka and yes. Max Moon. Or Simon. Yes. Or Diamond. They're, yeah. they're, they're locked in a sell that if they don't do a certain thing within a certain time it blows up and stuff um still out there so yeah so i mean you've got you've got come you've got tag teams around you can put tag teams together you know mikey whipwreck and um who was el puerto ricano can have a, a run mikey whipwreck and spike dudley yeah chris chetty and one of them you know, you've got all of these kind of people bouncing around. You could put any of these teams together to give you, Bolt and Axel, you could put all of them together to kind of give you something. Um, be but why, why don't, why, why is Cronus not, I mean, is the rose off the bloom at this point? You know, why is Cronus already kind of, um, I think our internet connections, most connects as well as um, Cronus and New Jack as a tag team. It's, it's on the same page, isn't it? It's, it's on the same page. <laughs> she's, got, she's got fed up with making excuses and just kicked us out. Um, but yeah, no, basically saying they're just, they're just light years apart. Like I said, they're posing all over the place as a team. I mean, I can understand it because they're crowd famous. There's, you know, the extremists, the extreme originals and Team Extreme and all this kind of jazz. And you kind of felt this whole thing's being foreshadowed for months. Exactly. I was going to say, we've seen this this celebration when they've run off into the crowd with Terry Funk and then the, the night after Terry Funk. And, you know, it, it, 
it's not a surprise. No, I don't think anyone was shocked when the partner who Cronus picked was New Jack. Yeah, even oh, kind of like, and you can pick anyone, anyone you want. Oh, it's New Jack. That's the thing. I mean, he could have gone for like Big Dick Dudley or done like something crazy or Spike Dudley introduced him. But um, I understand. Jerry Lynn. Um, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, new. Yeah. Jerry Lynn reformed. Brought someone in to make a new Eliminators. Some brand new. But um, yeah. yeah, it's all just. Damien Kane. <laughs> Damien Kane. Headhunter B. All, all of them. One of the uh, Samoa it. Gangster Swap High. Oh, they've gone, haven't they? Yeah, let's not. Were they ever really there? Were they ever really there? Um, yeah, and that's that. That brought us to the end of the show. Really did. And we thank you for listening this week and your ongoing support and our journey into Extreme as we go back, relive the revolution. And sort of have a little look and see what was going on with it all and view it in 2020 eyes. Um, if you like this, which I'm sure you do, because you're this part of the show, make sure you follow us on social media at Dunstall Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. That's where we're talking daily about ECW and the current product as well, even about New Japan coming back. There's exciting times ahead. Really is, and, and you know, great time to go back and watch wrestling with crowds. Wild crowds, yeah. May or may not have plants. I, I do not believe that the, the guy who had the um, the mass transit section uh, sign was a plant. I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's um, I, I think it's, it's the perfect time to go back and relive. Um, the revolution and watch wrestling with crowds and when people were allowed to be within two metres of each other. Yeah, massively. None of these matches are COVID compliant, especially with the amount of blood going on. <laughs> no. Apart from um, Great Sasuke, who wears a mask. Ah, uh, that's very true. He does his bit for the world. But um, yeah, we'll be listing what episodes we're watching next week over on Instagram. So if you wish to watch them and get involved and comment so you know, you can do so. It's just simple. Everything is on the network. Once you get past the music, it's a pretty fun show. And next week, it looks like we have another iconic debut. Oh. I was going to send the catchphrase into that, but I chose not to. To like the surprise element. Yeah. Yeah. Big sign. Um, but yeah, I'm Paul. That's Jay. This is Extreme. We'll ref and get there. And we'll see you next week. We live the revolution. <laughs> <laughs>